It's Live in the Bream with the host of Fox News Sunday, Shannon Bream. Y'all, I'm so excited today about who's joining us on the podcast. Yes, I'm a little sing-songy. And I just have to tell you, I met this person. I've always admired her. I love her work. But I met her for real a few months ago. And it's truly one of those things where I felt like within five minutes, like, oh, my gosh, this person's going to be a really good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if she feels it's that way about me, but that's how I feel about well, her. Listen, actually, I didn't officially, officially, well, I kind of officially met you, but it was, you won't remember, but it made such a dent in my heart because I have, um, I am a massive Shannon Breen Fran oh, no. fan. As a matter of fact, I can't wear shorts around you because you'd see the SB tattoo <laughs> on my half. I There's a different reason I don't wear shorts because you don't want to see what's happening on my thighs. <laughs> well, we last year, not this past year, but la- the year before after the Kayla Fan Awards, I actually got to be in the same That's walk. right. Yes, yes, we did. And so we didn't I'm get like, to really any, chat there. But. Any woman who loves God, who also every blue moon eats at Waffle House, that's oh, yeah. my kind of girl. So okay, so I, y'all. I've loved you from the cheap seats for a long time. I, my friend, I was so excited when I saw you at the Waffle House. <laughs> but you're right. We did meet there. We didn't get to really chat, but I was like, that's Lisa Harper. That's right. And by the way, that's who our guest is, Lisa Harper. Um, she has authored <laughs> amazing books. She's a Bible teacher. Mm-hmm. She does. She shows up everywhere. And you're not only going to learn, but you're entertained. She has the sweetest heart. She's hilarious. She's got a master's in theological studies from Covenant Seminary. By the way, she's working on her doctorate. Well, I've got to ask you how that's going. But has written all these mm-hmm. books, has the most amazing podcast where you will learn something new every time you listen. And I do, wow. even though Biscuit Bream tries to distract me on our walks. But she's got this <laughs> brand new book. And listen to this title. Buckle up, y'all. Jesus. A scandalously devoted, conspicuously uncool, super transparent homage to who our Savior is and how much he loves us. <laughs> Lisa, did you workshop that? Because I have a feeling most publishers would be like, we're not doing that. I didn't. They totally said they weren't doing it um, <laughs> because it's, you know, it's like me. It is, you know, and I always want to qualify that conspicuously uncool is about me, not Jesus. <laughs> um, but I had a devotional out, uh, I, I guess, two years ago that had another one of those crazy long titles. And I just told them, I said, y'all, I am not C.S. Lewis or Ann Voskamp. I'm not that smart. So I want people to <laughs> know when they pick up this devotional, to, you know, it'll it'll hopefully have some really good biblical content, but it's going to be pretty accessible. So we'll mm-hmm. we'll dive deep into the pages of scripture and into who God is, but hopefully we'll have a few belly laughs along the way. And so they were very gracious. And Shannon, you know me well enough to know that I am nothing if not verbose. So, so I was, I was <laughs> we glad love that about you. <laughs> I love that. And, very, and Missy, your sweet daughter, who I've also yes. got to spend a little bit of time with, she, yes. um, she is one of the stars of the show too, she because she you share personal stories and all kinds of things. And I just love mm-hmm. the relationship you guys have. Well, you know, it's such a, every relationship is miraculous. I was talking with a friend this morning. We were just talking about the embodiment of grace, how God, how, how God gives us, you know, the body of Christ isn't a metaphor that he gives us each other. One of my favorite dead scholars, you know, I love all the, all the dead ones. I love the living ones too, but <laughs> um, uh, a guy named Leslie Newbegin said that the community, 
you know, us as rubbing shoulders with each other is the most effective hermeneutic of the gospel. In other words, we see Jesus more clearly through the lens of of doing life with other people. Mm-hmm. And I had been such a train wreck in my 20s and 30s. I had some abuse when I was younger and I ended up being real drawn toward abusers and God protected me from the men I was most attracted to. And then the the few good godly guys I dated, God protected them from me because I was a mistake <laughs> for so long. So I really um, wasted the years that I could have um, carried children in my body if that had been God's plan for me. And it wasn't until I was in my 40s when God had pulled kind of the deepest roots of toxicity out of my heart and mind um, that he allowed me to um, to step into Missy's story after her first mom died in Haiti. And uh, the doctors told me not to even start the adoption process because Missy mm-hmm. was really sick. And the prognosis was she would die long before um, the adoption was finalized and I got to bring her home to Tennessee. And so um, the fact that he, you know, shoot, I'm trying not to cry, could be the case so, or this story. <laughs> um, the fact that he restored years that I had just been scared, been really ruled by fear, and he restored those years that I kind of, you know, willingly served up to Yoka Locust. And he allowed me to become her mom through the miracle of adoption the year I turned 50. So I went through menopause and motherhood at the same time. Oh, boy. Just continues to slay me. I can't quite Mm. believe what a good God he is. So, yeah, there's a lot of stories about Missy in there. But, you know, kind of the whether you have children or you don't have children or you wish maybe you had a few less children. Some of the the people (laughs) some days are harried mamas. But um, it, it's really more about the redemptive mercy of God, that there's no mistake so heinous in our backstory that it puts a lid on our future. He is a good, good God who's for us, and he's always in the process of redeeming our story. We'll have more Live in the Bream in a moment. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, read a book, show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash bream today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash bream. And you said, uh, you say in the intro to this, and this is a devotional, which I love because People will get stories, they'll get entertained, but there's real meat to dig into. There's scripture to work Mm, through. And um, it's a real guided look at who Jesus is. And you talk Mm -hmm. about how you want to talk about Jesus, the person, um, Mm -hmm. because that's that's Mm -hmm. different. Sometimes, you know, we we stand back and think he can't be sullied with the likes of us. Um, But he came to us and took on flesh and was among us. is tempted in the ways we were, suffered in the ways that we were, suffered worse than most of us ever will, and did so willingly. Um, He went to the unlovables, 
Um, you know, yeah. my one of my favorite things from you know childhood is thinking about my Sunday school so song about Zacchaeus was a wee yes. man. Yes, wee little man was me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, we will so have to cool. get into the fact that you used to be in a music group back in the day. Oh, I was so <laughs> bad, Shannon. Anybody in her is still I'm still waiting hard. for the pictures. I know oh, from your childhood, from your you teen years, the there was roller was, skating. You know, there was the roller skating. skating. I was way into roller skating. It and you had a music group. I can't believe you remember that guy. Oh, heck yeah. Where all the bodies are buried. This is oh, the good stuff. Know, I I wanted to be, you know, the next Amy Grant. And the, the problem Didn't we all? is I'm, I am almost tone deaf and my, my hair is not nearly as beautiful, nor are my Aww. hips as narrow. And so, yeah, for a Amy very short and beautiful. season, uh, my best friend and I started a, a Christian singing group um, called Priority. So Ooh, I, I like that. We had a total of three live concerts. Hey, um, that's three of, more of than which, I've had. Well, I mean, you know, it was my dad's church and a dinner on the grounds <laughs> and a bunch of really sweet <laughs> old people in folding lawn chairs. So I'm I'm using the term loosely, but um, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a train wreck. But I did have this from an early age, just this passion you know to to love god and his people what i didn't believe in an early age was that he really loved me i yeah. knew he had saved me mm-hmm. but from my earliest memory shannon i i felt dirty and so i i thought i've just got to be good i've got to be mm-hmm. good and it took even after my first go around in seminary you know i could wrap some multi-syllabic theological terms around how God loves us. And I would believe it for you, but I had a hard time believing how Mm -hmm. the king of all kings could actually sully himself with me. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I knew he had to deliver me because that's like in his job description as the savior of the world. (laughs) I I just couldn't. (laughs) He committed to that. Yes. He committed to that. I just couldn't imagine him delighting in me. And so it's really been a lifelong quest to learn what it is, not just to know Jesus, as you said, as a proposition to be studied, which mm-hmm. is, I think, our tendency in Western culture. We love to, you know, wrap big words around cognitive information. But I want to actually know him. I want to be held by Jesus. I want to walk with Jesus as they did on the Emmaus Road. I, I want to know, you know, what makes him laugh. God chose to be embodied in incarnate form you know he's not as some would say in our culture an existential construct jesus was a historical figure perfectly god and perfectly man so as you just said he he he's an empathetic high priest he knows what we're going through he's been through what we've we've gone through he's been abandoned he's been disappointed he's been tired he's been hungry all the things that we struggle with he's already born that and so to know him as my empathetic, uh, not just high priest, but he's the lover of my soul. He's my best friend. Missy and I were driving home from her school. This was almost a year ago. And she had her first crush. Mm. And so she got in the car, Shannon, just, you know, it was like there was a balloon <laughs> inside her that was about a pop, you know, when they're just so excited. Yeah. 
And she jumped in the car and, I mean, just could not stop talking about this young man who had captured her affection. And, of course, he was completely oblivious to the fact, you know, that this darling sixth grade girl from Haiti had a crush on him. So he, mm-hmm. he you could tell when he walked out, he didn't know it. But she noticed everything about him, the the color of socks, what was in his lunchbox, the, the accent he had when he talked, you know, as the teacher questioned math class. I mean, she's just telling me all this in this torrent of enthusiastic uh, kind of a preoccupation. And I remember looking at her and I thought, I remember when I used to feel like that about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I used to just be so undone by Jesus. I wanted to know more and more and more about him. And as a, a, a stumbling scholar, I've been studying God's word for a long time. Scholar is too strong a word. But as a as a woman who's spent a lot of time in God's word, I thought sometimes I think I get so caught up in the understanding that I, I miss just being with him. And I thought, okay, Jesus, I know you as my king. I want to date you. Like, I want to know, I want to know everything about you that I don't know yet. I want to learn new things about you. I want to be so preoccupied about you that I'm about to pop just like my little girl is about her first crush. And so I, I've, I'm a very mediocre writer. I'm not nearly as gifted as you. Not I, true. It is don't believe so it, people. True. Fake news. I only speak the truth on the King and Queen Brames podcast. But um, <laughs> but but they were really gracious, my publisher. And they said, you can write a book that just is all about Jesus. And you yeah, have written about books of the Bible and, of course, the character of Jesus and the parables of Jesus and all these other things. But I spent almost a year just diving into everything we can find out through his word, through uh, the these eyewitness experiences in the Gospels and, and through Holy Spirit. I spent a lot of time just hiking and praying and thinking And he showed me some things that even after walking with Jesus for almost 50 years now, they were fresh to me. And I I find myself more in love with him now than ever before. And I'm a little better about leaning into his arms. I'm I'm still more comfortable as a dutiful child than a child who launches myself into his lap, you know, and, and leans in and expects to be held. I'm learning that. That's not, that's not my, um, uh, that's not my default setting. My, my default setting is even though I talk about grace, I tend to, I tend to work hard. I'm learning Mm -hmm. to, to just believe that when he looks at me, his face splits into a grin and he's delighted in me. Even on my worst days, he is for me. That's, that's a lot of the stuff I'm learning. Mm Mm-hmm. I love that. I've just been talking with Max Lucado about this too, about, oh. you know, he's such an encouraging Isn't guy. He and he's the best. He he's is, so nice. He's the nicest yeah, of them he all. Is. He is. But we're talking about but how. Speaking of songs, why haven't you started a band? Well, you and I can Goodness talk about that when this podcast so is over. Listen, it's gonna if all... you will be the lead singer, I will wear leather <laughs> pants and squeak as I dance Ooh. behind you. We're going to have to have like a drummer and a bassist, probably. I play a little bit of keyboard, but but every rehearsal will involve queso and chips. Absolutely. And and belly laughter. So we will will split our pants. I'm in. I don't know if we can top priority. I think that's good. I don't. I should we make we it priorities? I don't think it would take much. No, I, I think <laughs> I think we're called the brain babes. I think. I don't something, know. Something. But listen, we'll ask Max Lucado if he wants to be in it too. I think he plays the guitar or something, doesn't he? 
Think he, he has know, some musical. I don't stuff. think there's anything Max can't do. I know, so and it would trick him into be a drummer and guitarist and harmonica guy at the same time. Right? He it would mm. trick him into hanging out with us. He'd be forced to. He's joining the band. <laughs> but I've just been talking to him about this idea that yes, we can often believe like grace is for everybody else and God loves everybody else, but yeah. he's really kind of looking at me, yeah. sort of side eyed, like you know, get your act together kind of thing. Um, but so many people in the Bible that you and I have written about that Max writes about were completely a mess and flawed to make terrible decisions. Oh. And, and yet God redeems that. Decisions. You know, like you look at the first go around with the disciples who were such a motley crew, but at that, that, you know, the miraculous feeding of the 5,000 men, which of course would have been 15,000 if you count the women and children. Right. And remember how the disciples said, how? How in the world are you going to mm -hmm. feed this many people with one little boy's box lunch? But what a lot of us miss is there's a second miraculous feeding. Mm -hmm. So the 12 have witnessed Jesus, you know, all that food being multiplied. They've witnessed the miracle. When it happens the second time, they ask the same question. They right. go, how? And I'm like, oh, I'm so glad he included all the <laughs> it's not stories just me. of morons in biblical <laughs> narrative, because if they had all been the pretty perky people who never mess up, I, I just, golly, I'd be so intimidated. But the fact that our God chose to weave in all these stories about people, yeah, they messed up. And it wasn't about their, you know, it wasn't about their deservedness that caused God to delight in him. He he delighted in him because that's who he is. He has decided before the beginning of humanity that we're his, that he will always have a seat at the table for us, that he will always show up for us, that he's for us. Even some of those passages in the Old Testament that look like he's a unibrow librarian waiting to smack us over the head with the Bible. Mm -hmm. If you look at the historical context, you'll find, oh, wow, he's always been compassionate. He's always been for mm -hmm. us. It's just sometimes with our finite human minds, it's hard to see. We can't get it. I mean, what mm -hmm. did he tell us? He says, I'm gentle and lowly. When he was asked right. about how do you describe yourself? Who are you? Right. And we right. see his interactions with people who were on the fringe, who were sinners, the woman caught in adultery, mm. you know, mm. when everybody's forced mm. to put down their stones and not stone her. When Jesus says, okay, first person right. without sin, you cast the first stone. Right. And one right. by one, they laid them down and walk them away. He doesn't okay. give her a full pass. He's like, go and sin no more. But I don't condemn right. you. No one's here is left to condemn you. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. Um, he's here to redeem Not us. At all. And you he, can, you know, and over and over again, and Shannon, you've written so beautifully about this. But when the story could have been over, you know, when Bartimaeus yeah. is healed of his blindness, story could have been over. Mm -hmm. Jesus continues to engage with him. The woman who had the issue of blood, who touched the hem of his mm -hmm. garment, she's healed. And it says, you know, she's she's scared. It says she's trembling probably because right. she's afraid somebody in that religious crowd is going to point out the fact that she's the bloody chick who's not supposed to be in community. Not even supposed to be there, she's, much less reach right, out to this rabbi. Spoken, right. Spoke, you know, she's broken ceremonial law. She's not allowed to touch. She's touched the hem of his garment. A tassel is what it means in the in the Greek. And it says she's healed. But then Jesus stops and it says she was struggling for 12 years. She's scared. There mm -hmm. had to be something in the countenance of the Christ that said to her with nonverbal communication, tell me what you're still feeling. Because mm -hmm. it says after she was trembling, Jesus stops. And then it says she told him the whole truth. 
In other words, 12 years of feeling alone and isolated, ostracized and dirty. She's already physically healed. Jesus is on his way to Jairus's house, who's a big shot. You know, he lives Mm -hmm. in a gated community, drives a Bentley. But (laughs) instead of going on to seemingly the more important person in the more important place, he stops. And I can't imagine how long it told her to tell the stories of 12 years Mm -hmm. of loneliness. Lord have mercy. That would take me a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And it says Jesus listened to the whole story. Again, she's already physically healed. He could have just said, ma'am, I'm sorry. I don't have time for this. I guess You're to healed. go. Yeah. You, there's a there's a WWJD table across the corner. Give him your email. <laughs> get you so a bracelet. You. Right. And move on. Get you some merch. Yes. Yes. But instead, he engages with her. And then when she finishes all of that surely saga of feeling like nobody sees me, nobody cares for me, I'm invisible, I'm unwanted, I don't have any value, he calls her daughter Mm. in front of the very crowd who has ostracized her. Mm -hmm. He doesn't just heal her body, he heals her heart. He's so kind. And I think sometimes we're so afraid of somebody looking under the hood of our life and seeing that we don't have it all together that we're not quite honest enough to take off our emotional spanks <laughs> and bring <laughs> all of ourselves to Jesus, you know, not curate our emotions and try yeah. to come before him as like the the good kids who have it all together, but to actually just go, here's all my stuff, Jesus. Here's the stuff I still struggle with and the firm belief that he's not disappointed, that he loves us and he will continue to be in the process of restoring the places where we still ache, where we're still broken. Well, this is just scratching the surface, but I want y'all to check out (laughs) Lisa's new book. I'm going to read the full title again, just so they don't mistake it with any other books that they might run across. Jesus, a scandalously devoted, conspicuously uncool, super transparent homage to who our Savior is and how much he loves us. It's a devotional that will walk you through all kinds of things. Some of the chapters are um, Jesus is a truth teller. Uh, He's accessibly affectionate. There's something about a time machine in here, too. And you're going to have to read the book to find out about that. Lisa, remind us where people can listen and find you and read you and your books and everything else, the podcast and all of it. Thank you so much. And it's um, it's just Lisa Harper, kind of wherever you you get your books. We've got a podcast called Back Porch Theology, um, where we have some just amazing theologians and scholars who put the cookies on the lower shelf. And so it's uh, lisaharper.net is, I don't remember what my social media is. I think it's Lisa D. Harper, but I know there is a website, lisaharper.net, but it's wherever you get get books and then the podcast you can find anywhere you, you listen to podcasts. So so put us fourth or fifth or sixth on your list behind Shannon Green. <laughs> no, no, no. You will learn a lot if you hang, if you hang out with Lisa, especially Back Porch Ho- Theology. You'll hopefully love they're going to learn how well you sing and how horribly I well here's the thing we will also have fun because you've got experience with costume design from your roller skating (laughs) days (laughs) I'll throw in some pageant some pageant wear and um people got an old bible teacher who rides a motorcycle and wears squeaky leather pants I mean you know at least it's at least you can have a good time Yes. Okay. Listen, I will be responsible for the queso. And next time we get together in Nashville, we'll, we'll go do some of that. And you can check my social media for the tour dates and times for priority 2.0. I'm I'm so priority, (laughs) priority dot uh, the modern version. 
Exactly. Oh, Lisa, yeah, thank so you so thinking. much. Thank God bless so much. you. I love, I love your heart. I love your kindness. I love your authenticity. I'm so grateful to have got to hang out with you, even though we didn't get to share queso. I can't wait. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. 